0: Welcome to We Are Free. I am your host, Becky Morkecho, and you're listening to episode 56. This is a podcast about letting go of what we think our lives should look like and the sweet freedom God has for us on the other side of surrender. My guest today is Rebecca George. Rebecca is the founder and visionary of Do The Thing Movement, a podcast community where listeners are cheered on each week to make God known through their creative mission. Rebecca is a speaker, writer, career coach, and podcast interview coach whose greatest joy is discipling others to pursue their passions in a way that builds the kingdom. She is also a project manager for the Blythe Daniel Literary Agency— and in her free time, you can find her running outside, writing, or trying a new recipe with Garth Brooks playing in the background. Welcome, Rebecca. <laughs>
1: hey, hey, Becky. It's so good to be here with you today. I'm so excited.
0: Yeah. I haven't listened to Garth Brooks in a long time, but there was a season in my life where I listened to a lot of Garth Brooks. Um, yeah. I'm to hear... Didn't we all? <laughs> yeah. It was like high school. It was like, um, yes. uh-huh. I remember those days of Garth Brooks. Um I am excited to chat because something that you are very passionate about and something you speak about and share about is keeping an eternal perspective. And of course, I think it's something we can all, um, you know, we all need to be reminded, reminded of all the time, but in today's uh the, the situation, the life, the year we're all living in. I think that, um, this is something that is not just, oh yeah, we need to be reminded of it, but something that like, we need to like dive into the deep end of because Mm. there's so much tension and like pain and grief and like anguish going on that I just feel like this is such an important conversation. So I'm so grateful for you today. Um, just to shine a little light on it, give us a reminder, give us some scripture, and um, yeah. keep us all in that space that is is where God really wants us to be, anyway. But anyway, that was a long, long spiel. But I'm I'm pumped on <laughs> this conversation. Um, Rebecca, can you give us just a little uh, background, um, maybe just an idea of how you would describe an eternal perspective?
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go straight to scripture because there is a passage that I think talks about this really well in Hebrews. So it's in Hebrews 12 and it's verses one and two. It's probably a passage that if you've been in the church for any length of time or you know anything like that, you've definitely read, definitely probably memorized as a child. But I think there's sort of two pieces here that I'd love to kind of unpack. So it says verses one and two. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, here's part one. Let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us, part two, run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. I love those words that uh, the writer of Hebrews uses there. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And this, this first piece here that I see, this throwing off of everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us, I think that's what maybe allows us to live our lives in a way that we are able to keep that eternal perspective, right? Mm-hmm. And I think this season has really shown me uh, just how easily I can be tempted to waste my time or hang on to maybe things that do hinder that that running that race and keeping that eternal perspective and these things that hinder us that, that phrase there um, really means just the burdens and the weight of the sin that we carry. And that may even be small things like wasting time on social media or envy or comparison. Some of the things that we'll maybe get into later in the Mm -hmm. conversation, Uh, but it's really this command to let go of those things so that we're able to run um, with perseverance, the race that's marked out for us. And when I think about this, and I'm a runner, so this is helpful, a helpful anos- analogy for me, but I used to be a part of a running community where we would have these practices and we would run at a track and do sprint workouts and things like that. And And I'm just picturing myself on that track, running in that lane that God has called me to run in right? That calls, per, that calls for perseverance, which this verse talks about. Um, and I've also got to fix my eyes on something, right? And mm-hmm. I think it's so easy to fix our eyes on the things of this world. I think it's easy to fix our eyes on what's going on <laughs> in the world. We, you know We're in an election year, we're enduring a global pandemic. And so if our eyes are on uh, what social media says, what the news says, what you know, the world would like to tell us it's really hard to um, run that race with our eyes on him. And so I love the way that this passage really sort of sets the tone for this conversation. And, um, you know, if I were to describe it, I think it is that I think it's running in our lane using those gifts and those talents that God has given us and keeping our eyes on him as we do that.
0: Yeah, I think that second part, the keeping our eyes on him is so important because I think a lot of people, myself included, would say, "Oh, I'm not focused on whether it's um, you know, social media or comparison or I'm I'm trying to stay out of what's going on about politics right now and just like but without at having something else to look at, it's how, like, it, like if you look at nothing, if you have nothing that you're focusing on, I don't, I don't think that's yeah. good. You're not, you're not growing. You're not moving toward what God wants you to do. So I think having your eyes focused on Him and not just, oh, I'm not thinking about these things. I'm not participating in all the Facebook comments on what's going on. But like, what are you doing? So I think yeah. that that's a really important piece. Um, what does that look like? What do you think we can, how do we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus? Like what are things we can do in the day-to-day to do that?
1: Yeah, and this may sound really simplistic <laughs> as an answer, but I think there, there are core principles and and areas of our lives that maybe we know we need to work on, but maybe we need that encouragement or that push to do so. And you know, one of those things is consistently being in God's Word right? It sounds very simple, but we are all distracted. And we have all been through seasons where we say, okay, it's the beginning of the year. This year, I'm going to read my Bible more. Or this year, I'm really going to focus on memorizing scripture. And sometimes we just get in those seasons where we allow those distractions to take precedence over spending time with God and Mm -hmm. spending time meditating on His Word. And so that would be at the most basic level, one thing that if maybe you've struggled in this season with, I would say start today, right? And, you know, there are other things as well. One I would say is walking in community with other believers. I think that's something that has become a little bit more challenging to figure out how to do that well in this season, right? Like our, our small groups at our church are, some of them are, Are online or virtual right now, which is different for for some people, but it's been really cool to see how God has still brought us together and allowed us to grow in his word together um, even during a really weird time. And so one of the words that God's given me this year, uh, I, I always ask God for a word at the beginning of each year and this year. Um, last fall, God put the word steadfast on my heart. And I didn't really know why. I didn't know what we were going to face this year and how that word would come to play in my life. But uh, when you look at the original context of some of the places where it's used in scripture, it means to be immovable or to remain in the hope of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that has been something I have asked God for um, many times in, in my prayers this year. It's just, God, help me become steadfast in the way that I live. Help me keep my eyes on you. Um, help my, you know, I want to anchor my hope and and my identity and um, what I'm chasing after to be something that is going to matter in eternity, right? Which mm-hmm. is kind of the whole point of this conversation. And so um, in order to do that, I've got to stay rooted in his word. I've got to walk with other believers and community. And so some of those core principles that I think, um, you know, we maybe we know these things if we've been in the church for a while, but really focusing and being intentional there is so important in a time like this.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Rebecca, what do you think is the hardest part about keeping an eternal perspective or kingdom mindset or focusing on, you know, what's going to happen after we're all dead and gone?
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I think, you know, we would be remiss in this conversation to not also mention that there is, there's an enemy, Satan, that would love to steal, kill, and destroy every part of this eternal perspective that we are seeking after, right? And so there's a lot that can come come in that. And and I think all of these things will probably sound familiar, and, and we've probably experienced them all. So we have distractions, which we've talked about a lot. Um, we can also... I would argue more than any maybe previous generation get sucked into comparison that happens so easily when we spend a lot of time looking at other people's highlight reels, right. Of their lives Mm -hmm. and, and things on social media. Um, I think we can experience fear when we're maybe not rooted in God's word and, and, and think, man, how do I, how do I live this out? Well, and we, we then are operating in our own strength and not um, relying on, on the Holy Spirit, which obviously we are indwelt by as a follower of Christ. And so we can have those distractions. We can get sucked into comparison. We can be fearful. We can feel unqualified, which is one of the ones that I think hits me sometimes the most of, man, how, God, why did you choose me to do this? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And we struggle to really center our thoughts on, okay, God has equipped me for this good work that He's prepared for me, like it says in I think it's Ephesians, and and He is with me. He is my helper and He's equipping me for for the things that He's called me to do. And so again, I've got to keep my eyes on Him and I've got to run my race, not anybody else's race. And I've got to run it with perseverance. And and that is something that's a word, in a microwave society that we live in that can be a little tough sometimes, right? Like our our spiritual lives with, you know, following God this side of eternity requires perseverance and it requires um, endurance. And um, those are things that I ask God for and I, and I pray for often. And so I think those are some things that or maybe difficult about keeping an eternal perspective or some things that, you know, might distract us from that um, when we're not keeping our eyes on Jesus. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, totally. And I think persistence and endurance, those are like, those are big asks and those are hard things. Like, you know, if you're not in the right mind, if you haven't had sleep, if your kid is, you know, waking up at three in the morning, whatever it is, like all these things, like in the day to day, I feel like that's the hard part for me is, Mm-hmm. And maybe some listeners can relate. Is it's so easy to get sucked into the challenges of you know your life in the day to day, whatever those things are, the little things that like if you're removed from them, they don't feel like a big deal. And yes, they're valid, and we can all feel what we feel, you know. But like to take yeah. a step back outside of those things and say, like, okay, what is the bigger picture? How can I like? represent Jesus in these situations? And how can I move forward knowing that like, this isn't, this is just a season or this is just, you know, a circumstance, but he is bigger and greater and he's doing mm-hmm. things in, in those little things, in those little hardships. Um So yeah. I think endurance um for sure. Um What would you say are some like red flags or triggers that happen for you personally, maybe, um, if you'd like- want to share of when you feel like oh, okay i'm i'm not quite keeping an eternal perspective like some things that go on in your heart and mind where you feel like okay i need to turn back this way
1: mm, okay that's a really good question i think of the four that i mentioned distraction comparison fear and feeling unqualified as far as feeling unqualified goes i think sometimes i will have thoughts of I'm not good enough mm-hmm. or maybe maybe God's clearly called me to do something. let's say I'm speaking at an event or I'm recording a podcast with one of my heroes or something and and I feel maybe nervous before before I do those things and I I realize again that I'm relying on my own strength and I think that's what I would come back to really for a lot of these um. And so it's really that redirection of wait no I'm not operating on my own strength this is not about my glory it's about God's glory yeah. <laughs> and and He has equipped me to do this and so I've got to I've got to trust that and He's going to give me the words and and so I pray for those things and. Um, as far as comparison goes, this is a really easy one to get sucked into really, really fast. Especially if you are a person, and I would imagine a lot of your listeners might be in this camp as well. Of you're creating content, or maybe you have a ministry where you're speaking or writing, or whatever that looks like. And um, we talked before we hit record, and I'm I'm in the process of working on a book, and I had a friend the other day sign a book deal, and for a split second. It was like half of me was beyond thrilled for her. And I'm so pumped for her to get her message out into the world. And then the other half of me was frustrated because I've been on this path for, for months working on my book proposal with my agent. And I'm really pumped to move forward. And like seeing there was a moment there where <laughs> I was seeing her move forward before me. And that was frustrating. Mm-hmm. And we, if we're all super honest. We all have those have those moments. We all have those moments. We do. And so I think God's really showing me as well. Like he, he knows the timing that is perfect. And, and so whatever he's called you to and the people he's led you to, to walk alongside you in that, that is. That is purposeful. He knows what he's doing, right? And so that thing is going to come to pass when it is his timing, not when it's anybody else's timing. And so those are a couple things, I guess, recent examples of where I've maybe fallen into these traps and I guess how I've redirected my thoughts there.
0: Mm -hmm. On the flip side, what would you say is like the most rewarding part about keeping an eternal perspective? How can you feel, like what are some, ways you could describe to us when you know, like you are keeping that mindset when you are looking at the bigger picture, not just bigger picture, but like what God has and like his glory, his kingdom, you know, eternity versus like our day-to-day struggles or strife. Like what are some things that you feel when you know that you are walking in that and you are seeking that and you are um, trying to share that with others? Like how does that make you feel?
1: Yeah. I love that. Well, and one of the things that I think your show talks about a lot is freedom, right? And so I think when we are walking fully into the, you know, what God's called us to do and we're keeping that perspective, there's a freedom there to do exactly what, you know, God's called us to and and as we pursue him and as we stay rooted in his word, we become more like Jesus, right? It's that process of sanctification that every follower of Christ is on. You know, the side of eternity. So that's an awesome thing. I wouldn't say it's necessarily like how it makes me maybe feel, but it is super rewarding Mm -hmm. and it does change our lives. Right. And then I think as a byproduct of that, two things happen. One, other believers are spurred on in their own race. Right. When we're all keeping that eternal perspective, and let's say we're all running on that track, and I'm in my lane, and Becky, you're in your lane, and um, we get to cheer each other on as we're running our races together. And mm-hmm. so that's really cool as well. And then, and then the last thing is non believers are watching, right? They're watching how um, we're living for something bigger than ourselves and for a kingdom that's not our own. <laughs> and, um, and that's really important to keep in mind as as we're navigating maybe these hardships that come in the way, just remembering that there might be people in your life watching who, um, you know, maybe don't know Christ yet. And that's really important to remember.
0: Yeah. I think that that, like for me personally, um, with friends who maybe don't believe, um, I feel like this whole eternal perspective, um, like if you think about like we dealt with infertility for years and that was like a big struggle of my life and it was a big turning point in a lot of different ways But for me, it was the biggest thing that was like a catalyst to be able to show people around me, even though like I struggled, like I'm not going to say I walked through that perfectly by any means, but like, you know, at the, even when I was sad, even when, you know, I felt grief, even when I felt pain, even when I felt isolated, I knew that his, you know, his plan is bigger. He has he has better things that I could than I could, you know, come up with on my own. So I think having situations that are hard, um, and then being able to come out on the other side and not even on the other side in the midst of it and show the people in your life that even though you're hurting, like he is still good. Like, I think that in itself is such a great testimony of like having and keeping that eternal perspective and showing those around you. Um, just it's a, it's a real life um example i think of how we can encourage non believers and um yeah i guess my question is rebecca do you have any other ways like that's just one way i experienced personally do you have other ideas or ways um that we can encourage and just show non believers this eternal perspective and like what is ruling over our life without sounding preachy without um you know yeah. trying to yeah, preach at them or not very cliche things, but like, how can we do that? How can we do that with our actions and our words?
1: Mm, I love that. Yes. Okay. So a another passage that I love when I'm thinking about this whole conversation is Colossians 3. And I think there's a couple phrases that we can maybe keep in mind as maybe we're spending time with non-believers or we find ourselves in a situation where we would just want to honor like, the path that God has us on, maybe if that even is hard, maybe if it's something like infertility or I'm even thinking of my own story and my mom's cancer journey and how God just did such a work even in, in that time, even though it was so hard. And so I'm going to read that passage for us. It's Colossians three seventeen. It says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the father through him. And so those those two phrases in word or in deed. I think they're both important, right? Mm-hmm. So we're gonna spend time with non-believers where we're gonna have the opportunity to by our actions um show the love of Christ. And that's an awesome thing. But I also think that words matter, right? And so, you know, how we talk about what God is maybe showing us through a season of suffering and how we're finding joy, even in that, that matters for mm-hmm. people to hear who don't know him. Right. And so um I think I would encourage your listeners just to remember that passage as maybe they're being challenged in this area of what does it look like in word and in deed um, yeah. to, to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. and that's kind of what I would come back to there.
0: Yeah, that's good. I like that um, passage a lot. Um, Rebecca, how, like, okay, I just think about this election a lot, like debates for last Mm. night, all this stuff. I'm not very political, and I don't talk politics on here, and I don't even, I don't want to get into that necessarily, but (laughs) as Christians— Like regardless of who is elected, regardless of how, you know, things pan out in the next few months, like how can we as Christians, um, Val Warner, do you know Val? Um, She posted, I don't think so. Okay. She is incredible. But she posted something recently about like, we need to be peacemakers and whatever that looks like, no matter the side, no matter what we believe, like our main number one purpose, like in the tension, in the like striving to get whoever you want, you know, as the president, like how do we be peacemakers? How do we remember who is on the throne? How do we represent that? Like really in... Day to day, like we talk about like in Colossians, like word and deed, like how what are some ways that we can actually do that?
1: Yeah. Well, I think the fundamental understanding of the fact that God is still on the throne regardless of the outcome of November, this that matters because if we truly believe that, then that does change. The way that we talk about the election, it changes the way that maybe, again, in word or in deed, we, we walk through this season. And um, believe it or not, and I hope this is an encouragement, we we can't be shaken by a change in government mm-hmm. or a change in, in our president or a global pandemic, right? God is still in control Number one, number two, nothing about 2020 took God by surprise. And I think that's something that God's really been putting on my heart. Um, just as a, a reminder, and I've shared this a lot with my audience, is you know, you may feel like, man, I didn't get to speak at that conference or I'm missing out on what God has for me because we're so isolated right now. No, God, God had a plan for this year and you have a, a part in that. And and I think my heart right now is I don't want to miss that because I'm so focused on this election or I'm so focused on uh, the pandemic or, or whatever it is that I'm worried about on that particular day. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I want to be focused on what God has for me right now and how he wants to use me to build his kingdom And I don't always do that perfectly. Obviously, none of us do. But I think remembering the truth of um, the fact that God's still on the throne and um, just remembering that he has called us for such a time as this. We were were alive and on the earth serving God, making him known in the year 2020 for a reason. So let's not miss what he has for us. Does Mm -hmm. that
0: make sense? Yeah, totally. What are some of the things that you have experienced that He's had for you this year, like when you thought things maybe were going to go a different way?
1: Mm, I love that. Yeah, so one of the things has just been walking alongside my husband leading our church. So my husband is a pastor. And obviously, when the pandemic got super serious, that changed everything about how we do church right? And there were people that had a really hard time with that. Um, We live in then the Deep South where sometimes, you know, technology maybe wasn't as adopted as Mm -hmm. as it is in other areas. Yeah, but we had had small group leaders learning what Zoom was to begin with Mm -hmm. (laughs) back in March, much less leading their people on this platform that they've never experienced before. But now we have people even outside of our church participating in these discipleship, discipleship groups that probably wouldn't have happened apart from the pandemic. And how cool is that? You know? So I think that's a good example of, you know, taking a time where maybe the situation or the circumstance or how we live that out is less than ideal, but in our minds, but maybe God has a bigger plan for that. Um, then maybe we can even see right now. So I think we're starting to see evidence of that even in our own church of, um, you know, our leaders taking faithful steps forward even when they were a little shaky or they didn't quite know what the next step was, but God honored that. Yeah. And so we've definitely seen a lot of that this year, which has been really cool.
0: That's awesome. I love it. I feel like there's always something, like nothing is ever wasted and God does not waste Yeah. He is so smart and so detail-oriented. Yeah. Um, I'm reading through Genesis with my, uh, BSF, uh, group and, (laughs) um, we're reading about Noah and just how like precise and specific God was with the details of building the ark. And it like blows me away. He didn't say, go build the ark. He said, go do this, this, and this, this exact thing. Mm. And all, I mean, it's like, it's paragraphs of what he, how he was supposed to build this thing. So I just think about like the times that we're living in and like, if God is that specific and that detail oriented and that like on top of it, like he's not, there's no like, this isn't some wishy-washy year that, oh, let's just all forget it. Like, no, there is so much good in it. And I just think that if we can take that step back and like think of the eternal perspective um, and focus on what matters, I guess that's my next question too, is like, what in the bible and in this year 2020 and in any year really like what should we be pursuing that helps us um yes read the word but like what in our life what kinds of things can we be pursuing that helps us keep that eternal perspective and like what matters to God in the end like we okay like kingdom-minded so what does that mean what are we focused on if we're kingdom-minded how can we move forward in that and like refocus on those things
1: yeah i love that I love that question. And, you know, I think we are all gifted by God with, with talent and with skill um, that's unique to you, right? You, you have a circle of influence, you have um, your community, you have your career and all of these unique set of circumstances that is unique to you versus anybody else. Right. And in, in this way that, God's called you to step into the world and, and make Him known in that. And I think when we make the connection of, uh, you know, I have this talent, I have this skill, I have these giftings, and how can I use it to further the kingdom and glorify God? Yeah. Um, that that right there is, in my mind, what I want to chase after. Right. So it's, um, it's not this compartmentalized, you know, view of our, our life with Christ, which we often get kind of sucked into of, okay, I I go to church and that's, that's a box. And maybe I have my job and that's a box and I have my family and that's a box, but really our life as a follower of Christ and our pursuit of him, that's this big box. And all of these pieces of our lives are inside that big box. And we make God known in all of those ways, right? So, it's not missing. We don't want to miss out on that. So mm-hmm. how, you know, let's say you are in corporate America and you have, um, you have neighbors in neighboring offices who don't know Christ. Well, that matters. That's unique to you. Whereas let's say you're a stay at home mom and, and your room mama, and you get to talk to all these other moms all the time that just need encouragement in their, um, in their life as, as a mom of one of these sweet babies. Well, that's, that's a way that you can glorify God in your unique circumstance, just like the girl in corporate America. And so I think it's being aware of those opportunities um, and not missing them. Yes. I
0: love that so much. Um, so good. Rebecca, I know that you work with women um, to help them, you know, develop this and and do that in their own lives. Um, in working with a bunch of different women, I'm sure. Like, what are some of the, um, I guess, struggles? And then also on the flip side, like ways that you have seen, like once they do step into, like when you step into your calling and you step into who God has created you to be, like maybe a story, maybe some encouragement, something that um, you have just seen or experienced that when you do that, like how, how God moves in your life.
1: Yeah. Well, I think a lot of the things that maybe come in the way of that we've already talked about. Mm-hmm. And so I won't go into those mm-hmm. again, but a, a recent example, um, you know, a lot of the conversations I have are around walking with women and how can they make God known in the world? Like we're, we just talked about in their unique circumstance. And, um, one of my very best friends is, uh, she is, over the course of this year learning how to make clay jewelry which has become super popular and um it's been a really fun hobby for her but she also has really been navigating just this idea God's put on her heart of starting a business and giving back to um, different ministries through through her business and I went and visited her not that long ago and we had this conversation of well I feel I feel like this is such an uphill battle. I don't feel like I have the time. I don't feel like I like like making jewelry, but does that mean that like, I need to start this business? Mm -hmm. And she just was battling all of these, these kind of, um, I'm not good enough thoughts, right? Like we talked about earlier and we just sat down and really practically thought out, okay, well, if you did this, um, you know, what would that actually look like? inside of your current schedule. So like, let's say you mailed out orders only once a week. Would that feel doable? Right. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, great. Okay. So if, you know, and so we just sort of came up with a plan and at the end of the conversation, she just had that face of like, and that expression of just freedom and peace of like, okay, yes, God's put this on my heart and I feel like I can do this, you know? And so I think a lot of times we maybe get overwhelmed in maybe the plan of it all when sometimes if we would just step back and be like okay god if you've called me to this you have equipped me for this so what does that look like and sometimes just saying the words and planning that out and really helps you kind of step into that freedom of walking forward in that does that make sense
0: yes totally I love that example and I totally agree um that that plan can be the overwhelming part. And once you get it done, I'm type A, I like plans. I like lists. So yes. once it's out on paper, once I figure it out, yeah. um, it definitely feels more doable. Um, yeah. On that same note of freedom, Rebecca, what do you feel that God has set you free from the most?
1: I, I love this. Yes. Okay. So one of the areas I think that has come out for me in the last few years is people-pleasing. And... A lot of times when I think of the term people pleasing, for me, it's not so much that I wanted to please people, I just didn't want to disappoint them. Mm. That that's what would crush me. And so, you know, I think in this season where I uh we haven't gotten into all this, don't have time today, but I got married about a year and a half ago and I married a pastor and moved about nine hours away from everything I've ever known and started a new job and just was in this whole season of change, which has been awesome. And God's taught me a lot, but um, as a pastor's wife, there's certainly that piece of, you know, you can't do it all. You can't please, if your aim is to please people, you and them are always going to be disappointed. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I think God's really teaching me just to boldly pursue those things that he's called me to do and and how he's called me to walk alongside my husband in ministry and to trust that he's equipped me to do that. And, and that's my job, right? My job is not pleasing people um, or worrying about disappointing them (laughs) because Mm -hmm. the reality is that's, that's going to happen. And so I think God has really done a work in me um, to kind of set me free of some of that. And that's an ongoing process, right? If that's something that you've struggled with your whole life, but and um, just really trusting that God has has given you a calling and given you special gifts and and use those to the glory of God but don't worry about pleasing people. Yeah. So thank you for say. sharing that.
0: I think it's super relatable. I think there's a lot of women out there who um, can identify with that. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Rebecca, what um what are you working on? Tell us a little bit about your podcast, where we can find you online and um What you're excited about coming up for this next year.
1: Yeah. Okay. I love that. Yes. Yeah. So I spend most of my time on Instagram. So my handle is at Rebecca Dotson George, and you can visit either of the websites we have set up. One is for the podcast at do the thing movement.com, or I have one under my name as well. That's more about speaking and coaching. So it's Rebecca Dotson George.com. again, just my name. And as far as the podcast goes, we have weekly conversations to just spur on women chasing after their calling, making God known in their unique mission in that. And um, we talk about anything that would holistically really encourage and equip that woman. And so I love having those conversations and it is such a joy, so much fun. Um, So I'd love for you to check that out. And then my team and I just built a a study that we're really excited about. It's a five-week study called, She Will Not Be Moved, Remaining in the Hope of the Gospel During Hard Seasons. And um, God just really put it on our hearts this fall to to really walk with women through this this year. And again, just pointing us back to the truth of God's word in these hard times. And so uh, there's a 47 page workbook, weekly Instagram live teachings and bonus podcast episodes that kind of walk with each, uh, each week of that. And I would love for you to check that out. You can access it at the website or, or off of my Instagram as well.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, You have just been a light and encouragement to us and I'm grateful for the work that you're doing and you're doing it boldly. And that inspires me to do that too. So thank you so much, Rebecca.
1: Oh, thanks for having me.
0: Again, don't forget to check out the show notes where we have all of the info and links and resources we talked about in the show. You can go to beckymorkecho.com, B-E-C-K-Y- M-O-R-Q-U-E-C-H-O.com. Thanks for listening in.